0: Jesus House in Pursuit of God Discovering Purpose Maximizing Potential Impacting Lives This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. We thank you once more for your faithfulness. We bless your holy name for your kindness to us, your loving kindness to us, your mercies to us, the multitude of your mercies to us. Help us, Father, today to express, O God, in the place of praise and worship, our gratitude to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Luke's Gospel, the seventh chapter. Luke's Gospel, the seventh chapter. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. Verse 36, and he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with her hair of her head and she kissed she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, Teacher, say it. There was a creditor who had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you are rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? Little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Interesting story. Um, this woman uh, had a history and had a past. Uh, the Bible identifies her clearly as a sinner. Um, Jesus goes to the house of a religious man. And you know, religion is one of the principalities, one of the the, the demons that that... that, that attack the church and he goes to this home of this religious man to eat and the woman hears he's there Um, she's obviously been touched by him and so she makes her way there to express her gratitude at the fact that her life has been changed by him and when she gets there she's overcome she's overwhelmed She's overwhelmed by where she is compared to where she was. She's overwhelmed by the fact that she realizes she doesn't deserve what has come her way. She's overwhelmed because she knows that she doesn't measure up. She knows that if she were to be judged by her actions, then there's no way she would be where she was. She understands that this is just grace, unmerited favor has reached out to me in my place of sin and put me in this place where by his grace I can say that's my past. And she's overwhelmed by what is happening. She, she starts crying. She wipes his feet with her, with, with her hair. And eventually she breaks this. This, this container that has fragrant, expensive oil and anoints him with it. And the Pharisee seeing this says in his heart, this man can't be the real deal. He cannot be who he says he is. For he would have known that this woman was a sinner. But then Jesus knows what he's saying in his heart. And then gives him this example. Somebody owes 500 denarii. Another one owes 50. Both of them are forgiven. Which one would show more appreciation? Which one would feel the forgiveness was more weighty? He answers and says the one who was forgiven because he owed more. What am I saying all this to drive at? Today is one of those days where I personally look back and I marvel. I marvel as to where God brought me from. Is there anybody here, anyone online who can testify to that? That, that, that you, you marvel that God reached as far, as deep into where you were and brought you to where you are. Not perfect yet. But you can see that there has been a transition from a place of darkness into a place of light. If that's you, can you give God a clap offering for that? But it's not just that. I wish we could say that God arrested us and brought us and our walk was perfect. But is there anybody here in the overflow facilities online who's saying, if I showed you my life, I'm not too sure you will sit next to me. Thank God the Holy Spirit doesn't gossip. And thank God the blood of Jesus wipes away. Is there anybody here who is bold enough to put their hand up? The rest of us, let's pretend like our lives are perfect. Someone is even saying, Lord, I said to you, if I do this again, if I go that way again, Lord, write me off. But then the person went that way and still went back to God. And isn't it amazing that God didn't take you at your word? That he forgave the, the second time and the third time and the fourth time and the fifth time? Is there anybody here who can testify that, that they marvel that they are sitting where they are sitting or standing where they are standing? It has to be the grace and the mercy of God. That's what that woman, that was that woman's testimony. She must have looked at the Pharisee and thought, you don't even get it. You should have seen where I was in that nightclub. You should have seen where I was in that dark place. You should have seen me strung out on drugs. You should have seen me a complete liar. You should have seen me an enemy of God, blaspheming. You should have seen me when I had no time for God, and yet God had time for me. God took me from there and brought me here on the way to where I'm going. Please allow me to break this fragrant, uh, this box of oil and worship this God. Is there anybody here who is saying that's their testimony? And you know that, 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 that woman, if she was 21st century Pentecostal, she might have been singing a song like this.
1: Savior. Say. saved has, has come, come to, to worship, worship you. The one you saved, saved has come, come to, worship to worship you.
0: Whose testimony is that? Whose testimony is that?
1: Savior. Remember where he took you from. You God.
0: What that woman brought was expensive oil. And they tell us that it was really everything she had. But when she thought of where she was coming from, she thought, it doesn't matter. I'm going to break this this container and pour out everything I have. I'm just wondering if there's someone here who for the next 15, 20 minutes, can pour out everything they have before God I don't know what we can give God as a gift I'm not sure what we can give as a gift the cattle on a thousand hills is his the silver and gold is his but then John helps us understand that there is something that God desires those who will worship him in spirit and in truth he seeks such I pray that the angel of record will record that in a place on earth in a place in the United Kingdom, a place in England, a place in London, a place called Brent Cross, there were some people who came and gave God what he desires worship in spirit and in truth. The one you
1: save has come, come to worship. The one you saved, the one you saved. i on and seek wisdom oh you have torn the veil that separates In no, your presence is where I'm going to be In your presence who was
0: of God as the instrumentalists just worship him let's just lie prostrate let's kneel let's sit, let's stand before this great and awesome God this majestic God soon on coming King He. The tribe of Judah, the excellency of Israel, the all powerful God, we worship you. Our hearts break in worship before you. Let the fragrant oil. poured out before you, no flesh can glory in your presence, the God who sees the end from the beginning, the many-breasted God, the God who is more than enough, the God who answers by fire. God who closes a door and no one can open it, the God who opens a door and no one can close it, the fountain of mercy and the fountain of life, we worship you in this place, the God who is high and lifted up, the commander of the heavenly battalions, the Lord of hosts is his name, the commander of the angel armies, Jehovah Sabaoth, we worship you in this place. You are deserving of our worship. We bless you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. We give you
1: praise.
0: Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. As we worship, the word came through one of us. A voice from heaven said, You're my son. This is my son in whom I love. I am well pleased with you. That's speaking to someone here. And then an instruction came. Please mean all your words, thoughts and deeds. And I will open the heavens over all that concerns you. Go on, give God a clap offering. Go on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go on, go on. You can do better than that. In the overflow facilities as well. Online, give God a clap offering. Hallelujah amen 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 one of the scriptures when we talk about praise that fascinates me um, is the scripture in 2 samuel the entire chapter 2 samuel 2nd samuel if you will the sixth chapter a lot of background to it the children of israel had messed up and um, the philistines had captured the ark now of course If you know what the ark was symbolic of It was symbolic of the presence of God That was God They they saw God in the ark So of course the question is How did they capture God But then as I thought about it I thought just the same way That Jesus laid himself down um, There are times that God will allow Those things to happen To achieve his purposes So they didn't take Jesus and crucify him Jesus gave himself to be crucified In the same way God allowed the ark to be captured by the Philistines and it taught the children of Israel a lesson. Um, and, and when they corrected their cause, um, they went to war against the Philistines and, and recovered the ark. God gave them strategies. Uh, David inquired, God said, go. And then God gave them a different strategy and they, they recovered the ark. And, and, and David then knew that he had to bring this ark back. Um, into Jerusalem. The ark was symbolic of God. It was an an aberration for the presence of God to be captured and to be outside. And so verse 6 is the account. Uh, Verse 1 says, um, sorry chapter 6 is the account. Verse 1 says, David gathered the choice men, 30,000. He went with them uh, to bring back the ark whose name is called by name the Lord of hosts who dwells between the cherubim. But in doing that Uh, They made a mistake Um, God had prescribed clearly how the ark should be carried By priests with a pole uh, Through the rings that had been made on it He knew exactly what he wanted So don't let anybody tell you that God does not know God knows exactly what he wants And genuine worship is not the song that you like It's the song that God wants you to sing to him Amen It's not the song that gives you goosebumps And so you sing that every time just allow the spirit to lead the worship, and so they went to get the, the ark. Carried it in the wrong way, and as they carried the ark on a new cart, and there were they they, they they were trying to help God, you know, they created a whole new modern way of moving this ark. And sometimes we do that. We think we know better than God, um, and so they put this ark on a new cart. And as they went up the hill, the ark stumbled um, and. Uzzah, when they got to Nacon's threshing floor and the ark stumbled, Uzzah stretched out his hand to steady the ark, to help God, so that God doesn't fall. Um, and as soon as he touched the ark, God just struck him dead for the irreverent act. You know, how many are grateful for grace? How many know that we would all be dead for our irreverence if it wasn't for the grace of God? And so when that happened when David heard David was afraid this thing that we want to bring back is killing people so David now hatched a plan and decided the best thing is take this ark to that man's house when we get to heaven of course we'll find out what was the issue between David and Ubedee because because he knew this thing kills people and he said that man Obed-Edom take this ark and drop it with him but you see the beauty about the presence of God is that it will always make a difference and this year God's presence will make a difference in your life that's part of Psalm 126 that the others will say God is with them and that's exactly what happened to Obed-Edom they dropped the ark there David thought he would hear news that Obedidom has died, a Gittite. Maybe there were tribal issues because he was a Gittite. That, that, man, that Gittite is finally dead. But on the contrary, that wasn't the message that came. The message that came are that the Edom boys, Obedidom boys are doing so well in school. Obedidom girls are marrying. The Obedidoms have changed their cart. It's now a Bentley cart. And have you seen what Mrs. Obedidom is wearing now? And so David said, this is crazy. Go and bring back my ark. (laughs) It was told, King David saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obedidom, verse 12, and all that belongs to him. Why? Because of the ark of God. The Bible says the only reason it happened, because God's presence. God's presence in your life in 2024 is going to make those who are watching say, that is a blessed child of God. Now, David now decided, I'm not sending anybody to get this thing. I'm going myself. So David goes to get the ark, and he carries it the right way, and then goes into this elaborate worship of God. Six paces, he stops the worship train, he sacrifices an animal. Detailed and elaborate. Please, don't let anybody tell you that there isn't what is called a sacrifice of praise or worship. There's praise of worship, praise and worship of 20 minutes. There's praise and worship that is a sacrifice. And as he does this, he's dancing like he's a possessed man. The Bible says he dances before the Lord with all his might. There's dancing in church that is not before the lord so how do we know which one is before the lord only the lord knows what is in the person's heart there's dancing that mark is doing so that philomena can see him that one is not before the lord but how do we know because it's the same moves the heart of the person god sees into the heart And so I I thought, what was on David's mind when he was dancing like this? I can tell you a few things. He remembered the lion and the bear. And he thought, God, if you had not helped me, I would have been lunch for that bear. He remembered Goliath as he ran towards Goliath. He actually saw the picture, I'm sure, and thought, God, that nine-foot terror, if it had not been for you, I would be history. What made him dance like he was a possessed man? He remembered the hardness of the floor at the cave of Adulam. And he remembered that right now, I am not just king of Judah, I am king of Israel. And I sleep on feathered beds. He remembered how he was forgotten by even his family. And that even the revered man of God got it wrong. When Samuel saw Eliab, he said, this must surely be the king. Aren't you glad that you're not in the hands of man, but you're in the hands of God? He must have remembered the loneliness as he was running from stronghold to stronghold in the wilderness. And with each memory, the intensity of his dancing increased to the point where some of his outer clothing started falling off. And you know, when people don't know your story, please say to the person next to you, you don't know my story. Please, please, no, 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 Don't say it like you're afraid. Tell them because they don't know your story. Please, please find another person, please, and tell them you just, you don't have an idea of my story. Because when people don't know your story, they can misunderstand your expression. They can think, isn't this excessive? They can think, isn't this a show? They can think, isn't this a distraction? But they don't know your story. What did Mikael know? She was born into royalty with a silver spoon in her mouth. She had no idea what it was like to lie on the floor in a cave. She'd never fought even a fly. So what does she know about being rescued when you're fighting a lion and a bear? She didn't know what it was she was probably pampered so she didn't know what it was to be in a family and even your father forgets you when the blessing comes and only god rescued you she had no idea please tell the person you don't know my story say the o you don't know my story you don't know my story please leave me alone you don't know my story you don't know my story we are experts at wearing a facade. You don't know my story. What you're seeing is a work that God has done. You don't know my story. What you're seeing is God, God in action. You don't know my story. If we had time, I will sit you down and tell you where it started. You don't know my story. Please leave me alone. Said the person, "Leave me alone." You don't know my story. <laughs> when she looked and saw his expression, she despised it because she didn't know his story. And when he got back home, full of joy, having blessed others to bless her, she looked at him. And that tells me that Kemi and Bode needed to have spoken to this couple, David and Mika. Kemi and Bode run a marriage ministry. Because there were marriage issues here, obviously. Obviously, she had no choice. Her father told her to marry this peasant. And she must have had her eye on some princes. And now she has to marry this shepherd, this peasant. She she had no choice. So there'll be times that David will be eating rice with the spoon. Just, as they say in Africa, choking the rice with the spoon. And she'll be there eating with forks and knives. Five forks, five knives, three spoons. Confusion. David is looking at the thing and thinking, this spoon is effective. Let's. And she must have despised his peasant upbringing. And that thing came out at the height of what God had done for him. And when he came back to share with her with excitement, the ark is back, the presence of God is back. It didn't kill me. I survived it. God is going to bless us. She despised him. She looked at him in the way that, not sexist, what I'm about to say, but I've never seen a man be able to do that look. <laughs> they really come and do that look for me. Come, 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 because I can't do it well. Come and, come, they really come and do that look. This was before, before, before you were saved. Come and do that look. Make really welcome, I need you to see. This look, make her welcome, please, please, come. You, you need to, please, all the cameras. Okay, do, do that, do that, do that look, do that look, do that look. The whole world is watching you, go ahead, do that look.
1: <laughs>
0: she even kissed her teeth. God, <laughs> I appreciate Pastor Derele. Really. <laughs> That's what Mika must have done. She must have just, I I wish I could do it how they really did it. So look at you, king, foolish man, king. We're dancing like a fool before these seven girls. Just look at your life. Can you see yourself? In my Igbo language, you say funagi. Look at yourself. (laughs) David looked at her and thought, you you don't know my story. You have no clue, madam. This is David's own words. It was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father. And all your father's house to appoint me ruler over the people of Israel. David. Say, he saw your father. You think you have name saw so your name think you have pedigree saw so your pedigree think you have connections saw so your connections think you have intellect saw so your intellect but he chose this peasant boy how many are saying that's that's my story i don't measure up i don't deserve it i don't qualify but somehow somehow god just chose me is this somebody's testimony here I'm not the brightest in the
1: class but somehow
0: and then he says this therefore somebody say therefore as we come to the end go and say it boldly I will play music before the Lord and I will be even more dignified than this and will be humble in my own sight and it's sad how that chapter ends. (laughs) says, Michal, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. (laughs) Don't play with God. Don't mess about with him. So, I just say all this to say, whatever you see in the next 20 minutes of praise, just mind your business. Because you don't know her story siam they don't know this story so mind your business for 20 odd minutes or so please if there's someone here who has david's spirit who understands like david that if it were not for the lord who was on my side you know one of the reasons david danced like he danced i can tell you that one he thought I survived. I brought the ark and it didn't kill me. If it were not for the mercies of God, we would all be consumed. If there's someone who's saying that's my story, please, for the next 20 minutes, they have a crazy saying, What stays what happens in Vegas, in Vegas stays in Vegas. Okay. Whatever happens here in the next 20 minutes, mind your business. It's it's between me and God. Can someone say amen to that? Go on, rise to your feet wherever you are. Give God a clap offering. Give God a clap offering. Give God a clap offering. In the overflow, rise to your feet. There's the spirit of liberty in this place. So if you feel you're constrained where you are, just say to the person next to you, allow me to step out, please. Because for the next 20 minutes we are just going to praise God, praise God, praise God. And may the may may praise be unto the, Lord, unto the Lord, unto the Lord, unto
1: the Lord, unto the Lord. When the Spirit of the Lord comes upon my heart. What will you do church? Jesus of the dead comes upon
0: amen amen we're going to receive a thanksgiving offering in the last 20 minutes so if you can prepare to do that and then this last 20 minutes is praise at another level and then we are done how many are ready for that amen and please let's appreciate pastor denry fresh fire was serious i sat there and the lord began to say to my heart that, that have, you've never really weaponized the shout. You know, I do it in church now and again, but he said to me, it's, it's a weapon of warfare. And then started to take me through scriptures. Of course, the first one was in Joshua the sixth chapter, verse 16, verse 20. The seventh time it happened when the priest blew the trumpets, that Joshua said to the people, shout for the Lord has given you the city. Um, I, I, I just want someone to know That the Lord has given you that city. Amen. And so the Bible says shout for the Lord has given you the city. I don't know what's going to happen in the next few minutes. But I suspect some shouting is going to move some things spiritually. Does it make sense naturally? Absolutely not. But it's okay for me because they can go to the stadium or the stadia. And they can shout when a ball, a leather ball is put into the opponent's goal so it's okay for me to shout because my bible tells me that i should do that and see what god will do so i want you to rise to your feet and we're going to give a couple of shouts that shout like you know that god is doing something i want you to i want to declare to someone that for 2024 the lord has given you that city will you will you lift your voice and shout to the lord for that 20 it says so the people shouted when the priest blew the trumpets and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet that the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat some things need to fall down flat some things have held back constrained restrained and they're not of the Lord There's some things that are in families that are not of the Lord. There's a lot that is in the nations that is not of the Lord. Will someone by faith just believe that as you lift your voice in a shout, those walls of constraint and restraint will come, will fall down flat? Go on, let's praise the Lord with a loud shout. 1 samuel 1 samuel the fourth chapter verses five to seven when the ark of the covenant came into the camp all israel shouted so loudly that the earth shook now when the philistines heard the noise of the shout they said what does that what does the sound of this great shout in the camp of the hebrews mean then they understood that the ark of the lord had come into the camp so the Philistines were afraid for they said God has come into the camp and they said woe to us for such a thing has never happened. I declare that God has come into your life in a way like he has never done into your family. God has come into this church Jesus house and woe to the enemy for they will declare they've never seen a thing like this. Will you lift your voice and give God one shout of praise. Hey!
1: The
0: psalmist says in Psalms 5 verse 11, But let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy. And the reason, he says, because you defend them, let those who love, who also love your name be joyful in your psalm. The psalmist says, because you defend them, let them ever shout for joy. If there's someone here online in the overflow facilities who knows that God defended me in the past and will defend me in the future. The psalmist says, let them ever shout for joy. Praise the Lord. Oh, sure. Isaiah says in Isaiah 12, verse 6, Cry out and shout, O inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in your midst. What did the prophet say? He said, because you know God is in your midst, and you know great is the Holy One of Israel in your midst, cry out and shout. If somebody is certain that God is in their midst, that someone is certain that he's around them, He's with them. He's gone ahead of them in 2024. Lift your voice with a shout of praise the Lord. And you know, you know, faith is our currency in this, our kingdom. We spend faith. And what is faith? Faith is trusting God. And faith is sometimes, I haven't seen it naturally, but I know that God has done it because God has said he will do it. The psalmist says in Psalms 47 verse 1, and we want to do this together, both of the actions together. He says, oh, clap your hands, all you peoples. Shout to God. One second. Listen, listen. Shout to God. And that particular shout is interpreted as a voice of triumph. Yeah? It's a shout that is particular. It's a particular shout that is interpreted as a voice of triumph. If someone knows that they've triumphed, if someone knows that they've overcome, if someone knows they are more than conquerors, if someone knows that because God has said it, it surely has to happen, then why don't you obey the psalmist? Clap your hands, O oh, ye people, and shout to God with a voice of triumph. Lift your voice with a voice of triumph. Hey, 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 hey. And then the last, the last one, taken out of Zephaniah the third chapter from verse 14. Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout, O Israel, be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your judgments, he has cast out your enemy, the King of Israel, the Lord is in your midst, you shall see disaster no more in that day it shall be said to jerusalem do not fear zion let not your hands be weak the lord your god in your midst the mighty one will save he will rejoice over you with gladness he will quiet you with his love he will rejoice over you with singing if someone believes that's their testimony if you know that he has cast out your enemy. He has taken away your judgment. He is in your midst. You will see disaster no more. If you know that he has told you not to fear, that your hands will not be weakened, you can testify that the mighty one will save and has saved you, that he rejoices over you with gladness. If you know that he quiets you with his love, if you know that he rejoices over you with singing, daughter of the most high, son of the most high, lift your voice with a loud shout of praise
1: oh oh
0: oh hallelujah hallelujah